Hey everybody, wow, it feels like forever since we've been on the J&J NY Baseball Show. We had, it has been forever. It has been forever. We had a traveling man in, in Jamie Futterman uh, and some other things going on, but alas, here we are ready to start off September with some New York baseball chatter and we've got a lot to get to. Both the Yankees and the Mets are, are relevant right now. The Yankees and the Mets are separated by a single game in the standings. It's going to be an exciting month. Jamie, what do you have about the Mets? Well, it's pretty cool that both the Mets and the Yankees are, are still in it. At least, you know, I come back from vacation and at least we have stuff to talk about. We have meaningful baseball being played in both Queens and the Bronx. You know, I'm, I'm less concerned about the Mets versus Yankees in the standings. I'm more concerned about the Mets versus the Giants and the Cardinals. And a hot take right off the bat, Josh, hot take number one. The Mets, they're going to get wild card number one. They're not even going to get wild card number two. We're getting the one, and we're getting the home game. And who do you think is going to be out of the playoffs? I think it might be the Giants. You think the Giants are going to fade? I think it's going to be the Mets versus the Cardinals in the wild card. You know what? That, I, I could totally see that as well. The Giants look so flat recently. They the Giants are the worst team since, since after the All-Star break. Which is funny because you think about their rotation. You think Madison Bumgarner, Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja, 1-2-3. Plus least, Matt Moore they picked up at right, the trade Matt deadline. Right, Matt Moore who's not been as good as they thought. I mean, it, it's really a team in in disarray right now. And it's you on had, a decline. And you know what? They had a perfect opportunity to put the division away when Clayton Kershaw went on the DL. Kershaw has been out for what, a month or two? At least. And the Dodgers have been a better team. And now Kershaw's coming back tomorrow night. Yep. Kershaw will be back, and the Dodgers are going to have, the, the Giants are going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of work, a lot to, of work do. to do to catch up to the Dodgers. So that's my hot take right off the bat. Let's talk a little bit about the Mets as a whole since our last podcast. Before I left for vacation, I thought the Mets season was over. I really did. They were several games out of the wild card. The Marlins were above them. Pittsburgh was above them. I mean, it just looked bleak. But my MVP is my friend, and your friend should be, he should be your friend too, Terry Collins. I feel like this Mets team will do anything for him. They will never give up, especially with anything, well, with everything that's gone on for the Mets this season, whether it be the injury bug, um, you know, you know, other teams getting better, like the Nationals being much better uh, than the Mets, the loss of Daniel Murphy, etc., etc. All the things that have gone wrong for the Mets, that's one thing. But Terry, cool, calm, and collected, has kept the team afloat. And now, now that the Mets are finally getting healthy, we got Azdrubal Cabrera back from the DL, Cespedes back from the DL, Reyes back from the DL. The Mets offensively are finally looking like the team uh, that we thought they were going to be all along. Reyes has been an absolute spark plug at the top of the lineup. Curtis Granderson hitting in the middle of the lineup now, he's hit a home run in like five straight games. And he's getting his RBI total up finally. It's been phenomenal. I mean, that I guess that's what happens when you start hitting with Cespedes. You get more, uh, you get more, better pitches to hit. Right. Two two things to add to to that, Jamie. First of all, Jose Reyes looks like Jose Reyes back in 2011. I mean, the guy first pitch he yesterday. Turned the, he turned the Mets season around. I mean, he hits a home run. The guy gets on base. He's scoring run. He's just he's doing everything. He's playing solid, solid defense. So. 
you know, potentially down the line, he's somebody that you know, next year and two years, the Mets would be very glad they they took a a low a low flyer, a flyer on him. On him, yeah. And the second thing is, did you think at the beginning of the year that all four of the Mets? Young stud pitchers, not including Wheeler, we're talking about Matt, Syndergaard, Harvey, and DeGrom, would be hurt at some point and have all have arm issues. They all have arm issues. Well, no, I, I, you, you can't think of, you can't go into the season expecting that, but that's the reality of the Mets situation now. I mean, losing mm-hmm. one, like Matt Harvey, could be, you know, you could weather the storm. But, but, right, even, even with him weathering the storm, I mean, his season was going in reverse oh, before he even started. No, I mean, he has a bladder issue and the urine or whatever that yeah. was. They should have shut him down. Figured out what's wrong with him. Figured out what's wrong with him instead of throwing him back out there because I, look, I'm not a doctor and by no means you're the one who majored in biology, not me. <laughs> but there's got to be some correlation between one injury leading to the next injury leading to the next. I mean, these things, the body is related like that. It's one No, certainly. Entity. And, you know, maybe this is why it makes sense that Matt Harvey has the statistics on this season that he has because he was playing hurt for pretty much the entire season. But you're right. You can't go into the season planning for these injuries. But, again, back to Terry Collins and really the Mets as a whole, they could have panicked when Steven Matz went on the DL or when Jacob deGrom, he's not on the DL yet. Um, he doesn't starts. need to because it's September and the, and the expanded rosters. But Jacob deGrom hasn't, hasn't either – he hasn't pitched – and when he has pitched, he's let up runs and hits, and he just hasn't looked right. So the Mets could have panicked. They could have went out and tried to pick up somebody from the streets, some old veteran who's, who's off a team, something like that. But the Mets have found absolute brilliance, you know, knock on wood, but absolute brilliance in their farm system. And the Met, we know the Mets have traded away talent over the past few years, talent pitchers. Namely, Michael Fulmer to the Tigers in the Cespedes trade. Mm-hmm. Luis Sessa, who's now pitching for the Yankees. John Gant, who's, who the Mets are actually facing tomorrow night, who's pitching for the Braves. So we pit, we've traded away Major League talent, but the Mets still have guys. Seth Lugo, pitching brilliantly as a starter. Brilliantly. Robert Gesellman, brilliant. What the Jacob deGrom hair look like? And believe it or not, Rafael Montero, not pitching great, Walks a lot of batters, but he's keeping the Mets in the games. Remember when he was supposed to be the He was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the guy. And he's had chances after chance, and the Mets had to call him up from double A this year, and in his two starts, he's kept the Mets in the game. So, Terry Collins, the buttons you're pushing right now are working well, whether it be the starting pitching, and that obviously nicely coincides with the team getting healthy. Now... The only thing I could I could hope for is a healthy DeGrom and a healthy Mats before the end of the season because as much as Lugo has been great and gaselman has been great and they've been winning important baseball games for us down the stretch, I need my guys. Do you think DeGrom would be pitching if this were the playoffs? Oof, I think so. I think so too. I think so. I don't think he would have said anything. Yeah, and even if he was going out there and pitching poorly... Uh, which he has been, obviously. His poor is better than somebody else's good. You, you, uh, yeah, and the playoffs, there's a short rope on every pitcher anyway. is a short leash. 
So if DeGrom goes out there and gets in trouble in the third or the fourth inning, that's, that's it no matter what, healthy or not. So um, I think you're putting out a guy with the name Jacob DeGrom in the playoffs over a guy named Rafael Montero for sure. Who's your game two starter? If the Mets, the Mets right now, I need game things, one starter. All things being well, though, game one starter would be Syndergaard. Yes, because he's the best pitcher on the team right now. He's got like a one point eight. He's right. got a one point eight ERA. Syndergaard over the past like three starts, he's, he's been, been he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Game two, the, say the Mets win the wild card game against the Cardinals. Against the Cardinals, you heard it here and first. And then they have to go play Chicago. Yeah, who's your game one starter? Well, assuming that Steven Matz and Jacob Degrom are not healthy, it's got to be Bartolo. I think so too. Bartolo's been healthy all year, and for a forty-three-year-old, he's chucking the ball well. He's got like a three-three ERA. That's better. That's better than most pitchers. It's yeah. better than most pitchers. So it's got to be Bartolo. And obviously, we remember Bartolo. He was a relief pitcher last year in the playoffs. So that's you know I'm so happy again that the Mets have meaningful baseball going on, and not only that, but the rest of their schedule for the rest of the season. It looks like a cakewalk. We can have this easy. Easy. Just keep hitting the ball and we could do it. So Terry Collins, keep doing you, my MVP. And my LVP. It's going to be Sandy Alderson this week. And the only reason why, it's because, you know, it's not because of any of the moves he's made um, for the major league team or for some of the high minors teams, but it's a move that was made early this morning. I woke up, and on my phone, I saw several different notifications from the news, from SportsCenter, from Bleaker Report. Uh, believe it or not, the Mets have signed Tim Tebow. This move makes absolutely no sense. Well, we knew. Let's put a quick disclaimer on this. Let's we knew that Tim Tebow was going to sign somewhere. Yes, we did. It was just a matter of time, and where was it going to be? Right. But don't you think that there are... I mean, you can look at this from so many perspectives, right? The first perspective is that this is a publicity stunt. Which Sandy Alderson has already adamantly denied, but he Which, has to say that. Of course he has to say that. I don't... I, 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 I thought better of the Mets than to think, to, to think they would make this a publicity stunt since the team made it to the World Series last sure. year. Okay, that's fine. The second part of that is... If Tebow is supposed to be... Like, if Tebow actually pans out and he's going to be a bona fide major league player. Which, is the, which this makes it the low risk, high potential, reward. potentially high reward, if, if he turns into something. But continue. I mean, I understand they have a log jam in the outfield now. I get that. I get that. Of course, Granderson won't be around if he were to come up. And Jay Bruce and Johannes Cespedes, and th- those guys will be out. Well, I hope Cespedes is on the team forever. Of course, I understand that. <laughs> but, but, like, contractor Daza, I mean, like, there, there's, there's not going to be a logjam as much, right? Yes. Isn't he halting some of the growth of some of the other players in the system? Yes, especially because he's 29. Right. If Tim Tebow was 22, 23, 24 years old... And he had played in college. And, le- and even if he didn't play in college, but he wanted, like, he was a young guy who can grow in the Mets system and come up at a respectable age to be an MLB rookie, you can, I can maybe sign up for that. But a 29-year-old who hasn't played organized baseball since high school... Like Jimmy Morris and uh, the rookie. Well, at least Jimmy Morris had a, well, had he, a movie he, made out of him. So, you know, I, I, for one, as a Mets fan, am just embarrassed by this. 
I'm also I'm doubly embarrassed because I'm also a Jets fan, as as you guys know by now if you listen to our podcast. So now, out of the four major sports, Tim Tebow will have been on two of them, and arguably, not arguably, my two favorite teams, the Mets and the Jets. We know how horrible he was for the Jets. Everybody knows, which is why he wasn't. He's not a, an NFL quarterback anymore. And I don't know. I'm just embarrassed. I would just let any other team deal with I this. I don't know what to make of this because it's also the Mets. To, to, to whatever it's worth, you thought they would be beyond this comedy routine by now, right? The Bobby Bonilla contract is yeah. one thing, and then Jason the Bernie Bay. Madoff scandal. You know, Jason Bay. Like the fact that the Mets weren't able to have a top third or top, you know, quarter contract percentage based on the other teams in baseball and they're in New York. Yeah. Is one thing. The, and then, then, then to, to invest resources in this guy, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make, make baseball it, sense. It also doesn't make sense too because at his tryout the other week when all the scouts were there looking at him, all the reports said was mediocre contact, looks like he could probably hit some home runs, mediocre defense. To me that sounds like a designated hitter. Right, it does. Sound the like Mets don't have a designated hitter. Right, National League. It's also funny because the one thing. What that, are we doing with him? One thing that all the scouts agreed on was nothing. Because some scouts said, to your point, this guy's got pop. The guy pitched the you know, played against David Ardsmo, who was pitching, and oh, David Ardsmo. I mean, look, major league major league pitcher is fine. Five and, years and he ago. also and he yeah. also and he also hasn't had a minor league staff work with him. He's worked with Chad Muller, who played catcher for. Whatever, but he hasn't had the full coaching staff, and he hasn't had the, the, the luxury of working out at a major league or minor league facility. So that's sure. part one. Second, flip side of that is some scouts are like, he looks like an actor portraying a baseball player. And you know what? Look, who am I to say anything? I haven't played major league baseball. I wasn't an NFL quarterback, but Tim Tebow looks like an actor portraying a baseball player. If you watch yeah. the clips, and Stephen A. Smith actually said this on ESPN, he said the one thing about Tim Tebow that really sells him short of this is that Tim Tebow as an NFL quarterback could not throw the football. So how is he going to be able to throw a baseball, which is a smaller object, yeah. harder and further? And to a more distinct, a distinct, right. a, a distinct target. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it sounds like designated hitter written all over him. And the Mets don't have that luxury in the National League. So, you know, again, I, I, I'm pretty baffled. I would love to eat my own words and for Tim Tebow to come up and be a great baseball player. Be but uh, I cannot see that one happening. So that's why Sandy Alderson is my, uh, is my LVP for this week. Uh, with that, uh, it's great to be back with you guys. And uh, we're now going to shift it over to the Bronx where we still have some meaningful, meaningful baseball going on over there as well. So Josh, take it away. So the fact that the Yankees had their backs to, you know, in the corner earlier this weekend, right? The Yankees had lost two in a row against Baltimore, okay? A good Baltimore a team. A good Baltimore team. And the Yankees looked flat. They lost 8 nothing and a 2 nothing. The Yankees have a solid 5-2 win against Baltimore to take one out of two, and then they swept Toronto. But they didn't just sweep Toronto. They played some of the most exciting baseball all season long. Brett Gardner looked like he won the World Series I mean, when he made that catch. That, on Tuesday night, for those of you who didn't see it, I don't know how you didn't see it. If you're listening to this show, you found us. You should have found that first. But yeah. Brett Gardner, his bases, to take your step back, the Yankees were up 7-4. to four. 
It was a back and forth game. Yankees took the lead in the bottom of the eighth. We're up seven to four. Batantis was wild, you know, as as he's ever been. Two runs came in. The Yankees were up by one. Bases loaded. Blake Parker is on the mound. Strikes out. Kevin Pillar looking, and then Justin Smoke rips the ball left field. Brett I thought Gardner, that was a grand slam. Brett I Gardner it was a grand slam. reaches up at the wall, makes a jumping snow, snow cone, cone catch to win the game. That was the most exciting play of the season for the Yankees. Especially because it looked like the game was over. It, it was, looked like Batances blew it. It was unbelievable. It was one of the most exciting games in all of baseball That's what year. I'm saying. Brett Gardner's celebration, he literally looked like he just won the pennant. It, I mean, it, it, was, it was unbelievable. You know what? The Yankees right now look like a team that could actually win the pennant. The Yankees right now are only four and a half back in the American League East. The Yankees are two and a half back in the wild card. None of the American League East teams ahead of the Yankees are playing that well right now. The Yankees look competitive enough. I mean, the Baby Bombers, who are going to be my MVP of the Baby Bombers, who are on MLB Central this weekend, Gary Sanchez and Tyler Austin, Rob Refsnyder, and even Aaron Judge. I know he's struggling, but he's there, and Ben Heller and Jonathan Holder and that whole group of guys. They just look good. I was at the game on Monday where uh, Tyler Austin hit two doubles. I mean, the guy is a stud. The guy is absolute, you know, I would it's, say he has got 70, 65, 70 power. He had a home run opposite field, like 450 feet of Yankee Stadium. I mean, he's he's good. And Mark Teixeira isn't playing as much now, which just yeah. goes to show that the Yankees believe he's the best option at first base. So even if the Yankees don't make the playoffs here, and, you know, fingers crossed, let's hope that they do make the playoffs for your sake, Josh. But It's a nice man. I, I know. Go, New York sports. The feelings mutual. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... At least they're showing you something, right? Absolutely. Like, you traded away Chapman, you traded away Miller, you traded away Beltron, and here they are in the thick of it all with your young kids, your baby bombers, as you say. And Josh, how good is Gary Sanchez? The guy is unbelievable. I mean, how good the, is this guy? The guy is unbelievable. And look, it's not even just the offense, which is easy to point down and say, oh, he's got 11 home runs, 21 RBIs. He does so many other things well. I mean, his throwing arm by now... Is, is almost as legendary as his offensive prowess. The fact that the guy throws 89 to 90 down the second base from a crouch on every throw and that he's got some of the hardest throws in the majors all season and he's only been up for a month and, 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 and change. But he made a block last night. The base is loaded. He blocked a ball that was, it was like a 50-foot curveball. And it was, you know, squatting was probably even with his face. And he was able to stop the ball and prevent a run from scoring. I mean, those are the things that he does that will have endeared him to Yankees fans and will continue to endear him to Yankees fans. Well, hopefully so. hopefully it's not a, uh, you know, no sophomore slumps or anything next year for, for all these guys. Absolutely. I mean, but who, who do the Yankees, you know, if they do make the playoffs, I, I think it's pretty, pretty safe to say that Boston might, yeah, I don't know, Boston or Toronto might, or, or, you know, the, the division's up for, every, is, is up for anyone really. So is the wild card. So, so who's making the playoffs here, Josh? Look, all three teams in the American League East ahead of the Yankees have a weakness, right? Baltimore doesn't have starting pitching. Okay. Tor- Toronto's bullpen is a little shaky. Yep. And Boston's bullpen is a little shaky. And Boston tried to address that. And Fernando Abad has been absolutely horrible. Trash, yep. Ziegler hasn't pitched as well as he should. 
Um, Papelbon's still out there. Papelbon is still out there, <laughs> but I don't think. Look, he, even he, if he were to be he signed, be he, won't, he won't be able to pitch in the uh, the postseason because he was signed yeah. after roster expansion. Yeah, his so, career might be over. If I had to say, if I had to pick a team that will not make the playoffs, I mean, it pains me to say it because my father is a diehard Red Sox fan. That's a story for another time. But I don't think Boston is the playoff team. I think Toronto is the best team in the American League. So right now, just so just so everyone's aware, right now Boston's the NL. Uh, sorry, the AL East leader right now. By so you're game. saying by game. I think I think Boston. You're saying they're gonna fall out. I think Boston's gonna fall out. Three teams are gonna jump them. I think I think Toronto is the best team in the American League East. Is what I meant to say because I think that Cleveland is just really good. Yep. <clears throat> but I think Toronto gets in as the um, as the division. AL East division. Winner, and I think Baltimore, because I think Buck Showalter is going to find a way to get that team into the playoffs. I think he, he he's going to will that team. I agree into the playoffs, and I, I don't. And I don't think that the Red Sox have. I, I don't know. Just there's something missing about that. That team just leaves me feeling a, a little. As, you don't see them as a winner. As a winner, and this is all to say, if the Yankees, of course. Maybe. Continue to play the way that they're playing because it, right now all things being equal, I think these are the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. So As a Yankees fan, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But if the Yankees were to make the playoffs, the team that would be out would be Boston. Okay, so no Detroit, no Houston, no Kansas City. I don't think. First of all, Kansas City. No, they're not. They're 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 five and five in their last ten games. So that's the definition of five hundred. I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think Houston's going to make it because I think Houston needs sure. Dallas Keuchel to be Dallas Keuchel, and I think Dallas Keuchel's been been off all year. I think that Detroit, you know, it's another one after Fulmer. You've got Zimmerman who's been iffy, and I just don't see them. Yeah, they don't seem like winners either. Just, a bunch, just, just a bunch of guys that well, hit home the, runs. The, 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 the three teams that really make me feel comfortable as good American League teams are Cleveland, Texas, and Toronto. And even though Toronto got swept, you look at Toronto's lineup, and it just sends shocks up and down the body. I mean, Toronto's pitching is good. You know, they've got a solid rotation. Solid, not great, but solid. Strowman's yeah. solid. And I would say even R.A. Dickey, who's their, probably their worst starter, is yeah. a solid starter. Estrada was an all-star. And Sanchez, they had to take Sanchez out of the... Great. He's, he's been phenomenal. So yeah. they've, got, they've got the three starters that they need for the playoffs. Fine. But the Josh Donaldson and... Encarnacion and Batista and, and that whole group. I mean, those guys flat out mash. And I yeah. think they, as a team, if we, are are just I don't know. They're just I think more complete. All right. So, so that was a question answered. So that's that. Uh, LVP for the Yanks. Very brief. I don't think there is an LVP because how do you have an LVP when the team is four in the last four games? And the average is Mark Teixeira, and, and you know he's he's been average of late. And well, he's on his way out. Well, he's been average. Tyler Austin's been above average, and that's why Tyler Austin's playing first. So. Yeah, I think and, it would have been that like that either way. Even if Tyler Austin wasn't that good, or was struggling at the plate, mm-hmm. I think you want to get the guy some experience. Absolutely, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year. Greg Bird, Tyler Austin, both are first baseman. Bird, Bird only plays first, whereas Austin played the outfield, so that's the benefit there. It's a, it's a good problem to have. But you know what's a good problem to have? And the Yankees have a ton more of these guys in the minors. They have Torres and Mateo and Clint Frazier and Mason Williams, who had a cup of coffee last year, has been playing well. Kelly yeah. is a pitcher. I mean, these, these Yanks are going to be interesting to watch. That is so. for sure. Anyway, quick, quick, quick trip around the majors. Uh, Steven Strasburg hurt his elbow again. Yes! Which is, I love it. You, you never want to see a guy get injured, but it's just 
Eh, he's on the Nationals. It's always interesting when things happen to Strasburg, and he was supposed to be, like, the lights-out canvas pitcher, and he's had a great major league career, but just He was always, having a great season, too, and, and he got paid. He got signed a always, huge extension. always seems with Strasburg that at the end of the season when the Nats are good, something prevents him from pitching for them in the playoffs. Yeah. Whether it's the Nationals' self-induced stupidity. By sitting him? By sitting him, which was just a all-around horrible decision. I think we Thank can all agree Scott on that. Boris. Or, you know, unfortunately he gets injured. Maybe he rushed himself back a little bit too much, and he's had the Tommy John surgery, and he's had other issues. I get that, but it just seems a little bit He might just have scary. the injury bug. There's always a player like that. He Look, might just have the injury bug. Matt Harvey now, he's been in two big injuries in his career. Steven Matz, two big, two, been on the DL both years, last year and this year. Zach Wheeler missed two full years. It happens. It does happen, but... But that's, that's that in Nats land. And just one public service announcement to everybody, and this came to me last night as I was listening to Vince Scully simulcast the, um, the Dodgers-Arizona Diamondbacks game. This guy has only got a month left as the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he has been such... You know, who am I to say this? I'm only 23, but he's been such a, he's a, a legend. legend in baseball. Absolute I mean, legend. listening to him... It's, it's, it is never boring. It's permanent story time or temporary story time because it's only what, three hours. But it's, you know it's, it's amazing. Is, it is unbelievable to watch, listen to him. You know what I think is really cool about Vince Scully too? And this is just – this is what I think when I when – I, whenever I listen to him, I always – I feel like I'm watching like an old school game just because mm-hmm. of the sound of his voice and some of the terms that he uses. It mm-hmm. just sounds like an old school kind of feel. And that's the beauty of baseball. It's America's pastime. I mean, and, and he can make the most mundane things seem interesting. There's a guy on, on Arizona named Socrates Brito. And Vince Scully last night said name. our favorite player with the best name coming up, Socrates Brito. And he proceeded to tell the story of Socrates in ancient Greece who believed that nobody was smarter than him. And when he found this out, that nobody was smarter than him, he decided to drink the poison hemlock because he couldn't face that he was the smartest person around. I'm probably botching the story, but the point is, I didn't know that Socrates had the poison hemlock, and I didn't even know that you can make Socrates Brito sound that interesting. And it's, it's just, it, it is a blessing for us as baseball fans to be able to listen to this guy. Absolutely, I agree. So, that's that for this edition of the J&J NY Baseball Show. Please let us know your thoughts at nybaseballshow at gmail.com. We'd love to read some on the air next time. Uh, we promise we won't take two and a half weeks to get back to you yeah. next time. We missed it as much as you did, believe us. Seriously, so. we sure did. So. Uh, especially now that things are heating up for both the Mets and the Yankees. September baseball full in swing. Football's coming back tonight, too. Football's coming back tonight. But Exciting that's- time in sports. It's still a second place to baseball. For Just now, so. for sure. Uh, and with that, again, nybaseballshow at gmail.com. Take care, everyone.